All right. Well, if you like hot topics, you're going to want to stick around for a bit because we are talking about Christians, vaccines, and mandates on an all-new podcast entitled C28. All right. Well, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you're at in the day. We are here. We got another episode for you. Uh, we were trying to start problems, I think. We're trying to start fights. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to try anyways. We are we're, talking we're too to- nervous already. <laughs> we don't want to do this. Yeah, we don't know where to go because it's, it's a difficult topic. We're talking about Christians, so followers of Jesus and, and vaccines and mandates. Um, how do we interact in a sense when um, potentially vaccines are mandated and in a bigger picture, just mandates in sent in, in what word am I looking for? In general? In general, yeah. That voice you heard is actually Tom Reed. Dr. Tom Reed? No. No, Professor Tom Reed. Just Tom. Okay. <laughs> All right, so Tom, uh, Tom, take a minute and introduce yourself. The rest of the listeners already know CJ and I, so take a minute and introduce yourself. Well, uh, as you alluded to, I'm Tom Reed. I am uh, an elder here at the church, former pastor actually here at the church from many years ago. Um I'm a, also a retired school teacher and administrator from the public school system. I've uh, also been teaching uh, CPR and uh, first aid for many years. So um, I don't know what else I can tell you about me. I just do a lot of different things. I really like the part where you grade papers for really important people. Well, that's people. true. In my retirement, I do a part-time job where I, I grade papers for people who want to be principals and superintendents. Mm. Yeah. By your estimation, do the majority of those papers reflect people who should be principals? No, I'd say <laughs> the majority should should go to class. <laughs> should be in the class. Pay more attention in the class. Yeah, so if you're turning your papers in, don't let Tom get them. <laughs> All right. Well, here we go. So I think that CJ, the question I had for you, and, and as we say a lot, just to remind our listeners, we intentionally do raw conversation here. Yeah. We, we don't uh, study together before. That was something we kind of struggled with maybe in our uh, earlier episodes there and um, something that we constantly do in our everyday life. So we're trying to get away from that and just have just raw conversation together about real things going on. And uh, this one, we are in a time and a period where um, we are seeing some, we're having some of our brothers and sisters in Christ come to us wondering, Hey, uh, what do Christians do in this? And are my feelings about this, right? Are my beliefs in this correct? And, uh, trying to navigate this tumultuous time. And, uh, so CJ, I was kind of going to lean on you to, uh, kind of, kind of help frame what we're talking about today. Why are we here today? What's the issue? Yeah. So I guess if we were to boil it down, Christians, we've been hearing these conversations, like you said, Christians are wondering at what point um, do I need to be submitting to government, to ruling authorities in my life when it comes to mandated things? Um, and where, where do I draw the line um, as far as like what, what is sin for me to submit to? So an example would be if the government were to mandate vaccines, right? And maybe I have a moral conflict with that. Mm-hmm. Another one would be uh, you can't meet in person, right? We can all kind of understand. As a church. As a church, right. Yeah. We can't meet in person for the purpose of worshiping because it's not safe or something like that. And at what point do we stop submitting to that? Because then we're violating, you know, not neglecting to get together one another. Yeah. Um, right? That kind of sums it up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. At what point do we stop submitting and how far should we go in submission? to rulers and authorities and governments. Yeah, and there's probably a thousand podcasts, a thousand sermons, a thousand conversations that have been had. And some, um, I think, (laughs) reflect the biblical standard, and some, I think, um, have been confused um, by a political standard. Uh, And then how do those things even work together, which is part of the reason we brought Tom. I think Tom's been polishing his muskets for a while now. (laughs) 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 And so I think he's going to help us navigate through that as well. Um, So... Uh, let me start off um, with with the vaccine thing right now because we've been getting some emails to um, our church that we attend and we work at here, um, and good questions. And part of it is um, basically if we disagree with the f- vaccine, <clears throat> um, do we have to get 
the vaccine. And so what I try to get down to is what is your reasoning for not getting the vaccine? Because that would determine the conversation. Because it's for, if it's for spiritual reasons in the sense of sin or not sin or obedience to God or not obeying God, those are different ways to approach it, right? Because I have, um, well, what I'll do is I'll just hand this over to Tom now. And, and, and uh, I, sorry, can I say something real go quick? Go ahead. Okay, so one thing that you said was that we've, you know, there's all these podcasts out there and I've listened to a lot of them, you know, on this subject. On the clock? <laughs> well, depends who's asking. Yeah, t- Tom <laughs> is our boss. Here, yeah. so. <laughs> um, I've, I've listened to a lot of them and uh, to be honest, the majority of them don't help clarify anything for me because the people are approaching it from, they, they start with what they believe and then try to support it. And I would be curious for us to get back to scripture a little bit. Right. Does that help? Or does yeah, that yeah. make sense? And so yeah. it's, it's not so much like we're trying to say, do this or don't do this. It's like, how do we think about this? Don't ruin the ending of the podcast. I'm CJ. not trying to we're ruin not the there yet. I'm just trying to frame the podcast a little bit <laughs> yeah. because so many were so confusing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. So let's now do this. that you framed it that way, you're really hoping that we don't end up being one of those podcasts. Let's do yeah. it. I don't care. Let's do it. <laughs> as long as you're right. <laughs> well, he's taking his gloves off. Yeah. Over there. All right. Whatever so, Thomas says is right. You listen to him, not me. <laughs> let's, let's raise the problems first, what it's come up. One is vaccines being mandated, right? The second thing would be. Uh, not being allowed to meet in a building and worship together. Mm-hmm. The other would be um, there was a time where there was some confusion around whether we're allowed to sing. Right. And so those, I think, would be the three things that we can start and use as principles to answer this question. And the question essentially is how do we interact with a government that sometimes we disagree with? And so we look at First Peter 2, Romans 13, and... We see the submission passages. And then we look over at uh, Exodus 1, Joshua 2, Acts 4, Acts 5, Daniel 3, and we see the opposite. So how do we navigate? How do we know when? Tom, answer the question for us. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us exactly when. (laughs) (laughs) Well... You know, when, when you threw this at me, uh, what was it, a week ago? Eight minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, we saw you walking by. <laughs> um, my immediate thought just went to, um, we're not a, we don't believe in legalistic Christianity. And so I always look at the broader picture. I, I want to look at biblical principles rather than a specific verse someplace that, you know, you can always take a verse out of context to try to prove your point for anything. But, uh, you know, context is, is immediate. And then it's a little farther until you finally get out to the entire Bible. You take, you know, that's context. And then you have to extend your context from what the writer, the biblical writer intended to the application of today. And so you gotta, you gotta sort through all those principles of uh, that we get in the Bible and 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 try to figure out what what which of those principles make sense in this situation, uh, which ones do I do I need to look at? And it's not always an easy with easy thing to go through. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's why we have differing opinions from uh, sincere people, sincere mm-hmm. believers. That's a good point. Yeah. So th- let's just touch on that for a second. You would say that real, sincere, born-again Christians can come to different conclusions on this issue? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I, I would encourage everybody to be sincere, to be honest with themselves, because I think it's true what Brian said earlier, that uh, uh, a lot of people come at these kinds of things with preconceived notions. They already have their minds made up. They already have their arguments figured out because of some affiliation they have with some group. And then they you know, just try to use the scripture to back them up, back up their already Mm -hmm. drawn conclusions. Yeah. I think part of that's been what's been a little bit discouraging for me is that a lot of the people that I've seen online um, posting and talking about this, they're, they're from these groups or these streams of Christianity that supposedly put a big emphasis on expository preaching and exegetical study of the Bible and, and drawing out the real meaning of the text. But it, it seems to me, that a lot of them have approached this particular issue from either, like Brian said, a political perspective or even a, an emotional one mm-hmm. and appealing to emotions much more heavily than scripture. 
Yes, and, and I think it's, it's important to realize that a person can be sincere without being right. Yeah. Yeah. My <laughs> wife reminds me of that. That's really good. So, yeah. you, know, you can reach different conclusions. It doesn't mean all those conclusions are correct. Uh, but I, I think, you know, like I said, I believe it's important we get honest with ourselves and, and start asking the questions, where am I coming at this from? And there's a touch of what you're touching on is actually our next episode, which is uh, basically biblical authority, right? So we have this, we come to this point where, where do we go for our our ultimate authority? We're going to do it and we're going to do it today too. Where do we go for that ultimate authority? And uh, for us, it's going to be scripture. And uh, so when that should be something that binds us together eventually um, on, I think many of these topics, although some like we just talked about, one of the things we just uh, talked about was that there's going to be some some differing opinions upon, uh, around people who um, have similar beliefs and are similarly similarly sincere. That there will be some differences in how to handle things. Yeah, and the, and the, what I look for beyond the sincerity is consistency. So mm. if I if I'm talking to somebody and and uh, they come to a conclusion based on uh, what they say is a sincere belief of something, but then I know that they they believe something quite different about a related topic. I want to, uh, I want to confront them about their consistency. Why, why is it you believe that life is important in this situation, but it's not important in that situation? Mm. For instance, that's just a, yeah, an example. But, yeah. So, you know, the, the inconsistency is easy to get to if you're, if your context is limited, if your biblical context is limited, uh, or if you've already begun with a foundation uh, that includes your answer before you even begin. So you're saying the more familiar you are with the whole Bible, the easier this process will be sorting these issues out? Well, certainly. Uh, yeah, that's, that's one of the um, elements of hermeneutics. Uh, you know, we have these certain principles uh, of interpreting Scripture, and one of them is that Scripture interprets Scripture. Uh, and what we mean by that is that it, no part of Scripture stands alone. If mm-hmm. you're not sure what this part means, you look in the rest of Scripture, and you'll find out. It, it'll someplace it will either back up what you think it says, or it'll tell you it means something different. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So if you have limited knowledge of Scripture, you have limited interpretation yeah. tools. Yep. Okay. So yeah. I'll throw out something here. Um, I think that part of the problem that people are screaming about right now and adds to the confusion is the, the lack of confidence in what we're hearing, right? So um, how do you know what's being said is true when it comes to what's that? So how do we then make even a decision about something that we're, we're unsure? Because one, whether it's media outlet um, or one source is saying one thing, another reputable source is saying another thing, and it's almost like the giants in the industry or the professionals in the industry are arguing about the reality. So then how do we even come to a place where we can start making um, a decision? For, for instance, I just read this today, and um, I'm not saying this is true. My point in saying this is that this is what comes out now. So um, we realize people will be listening to this, probably picking it up a couple years from now. So right now, a vaccine has been out for several months uh, that was not approved by the FDA, right? It was not. Emergency approval. Okay, emergency approval, but not through all the same testing, right? Right. And so that's what a a lot of people were um, up in arms about is like this this vaccine that hasn't been even tested properly is now being mandated. And then just in the last three days, we got a a full FDA approval on one of the vaccines. And then I see this come out. Um, So... And, and I'm not saying any of this is true. I'm just saying this is what adds to, now wait, is that true? And then, and then we don't even know what's true, and then we've got to make a decision on it. So here's, uh, I, call, I call this one of the conspiracy theories. just read this today. Um, the FDA does not do their own testing on the vaccines. It's not like the FDA has this, this lab where they do their own testings. They obviously contract, con- contract out to a company that does that. And that company... Um, is NIH Clinical Center. And they're the ones that do all the testing and then they supply the data to the FDA and the FDA determines, okay, is this safe or is this not? So the NIH Clinical Center um, head of operations 
is a lady named Christine Grady. She's the one that's the head of this whole department, and they did the testing on it. They, su- they supply the information to the FDA, and the FDA came out and said that it's good to go and it's safe. So what came out today is that guess who Christine Grady's husband is? Guess who Christine Grady's husband is? Come on, Tom. Take a whack at it. Guess. Fauci? It is Fauci. <laughs> oh, he got it. He got it. So Fauci, <laughs> Interesting. They're, they're married. Yeah. And so now, you know, there's another way to discredit. Well, and, and so I guess I, I assume the assumption is then that everybody is evil to their core and that Christine Grady somehow manipulated the, the, the testing to make it look okay when it's not and so that her husband would then not be made to look a fool or some sort like that. And so now that's what's out. And so now there is an approved, fully approved vaccine, and then that's being shot down now because, well, there might be foul play. And if it is true, it definitely looks weird if it's not weird. <laughs> well, yeah, and certainly they could have avoided some of that by bringing that information out earlier. That's what sure. I said. <laughs> yeah. We're just not using her, right? Because yeah. it's too close. Right. Yeah. yeah. Or, or that there's an order that she stays out of it. I mean, right. people would have still jumped all over that. Sure. Oh, so, sure. So let me ask this question. Are we required to submit to leaders that we can't trust? Because that's, it comes down to kind of a trust issue, right? There's so much cloudy. Did Paul trust Nero? Well, I don't know. Let's talk about it. Uh, All right. Well, hold on. So there's, Hey, Pastor Brian, (laughs) I have a Bible question. (laughs) I thought, I thought first year seminary students already had all the answers. (laughs) Second, but okay. He did a, just, just for, you know, so he doesn't have to pat himself on the back. He did get three certificates. One's in, uh, Systematic theology, once in apologetics, once in essentially pastoral counseling, right? Yeah. Congratulations. Oh, hold Thank on. You. Thank you. <laughs> That's the most appropriate use of that button. Yeah. He hates it unless it's applauding. Okay. So now a second issue that we that that our discussion today is going to help answer would be when when the government in one capacity or another told us that we couldn't meet together inside of our church buildings to worship God anymore. Right, and that was a big issue because some churches were uh, not submitting to governing authorities and rebelling against that civil disobedience, and then others like ourselves, we decided that it's not sinful to worship outside, so we went outside and put on jackets when it was cold and wore T-shirts when it was hot, and coughed uh, when it was smoky, coughed <laughs> when it was smoky, preached over the sound of the tractors when they oh were doing construction goodness. behind us, yeah. and so we did that, and other and others felt that this is the stand we take and they, they made it like that was the line. And so um, there's another, any comments on, on that? I mean, we've kind of already hashed that out a little bit. I mean, Tom, Tom in what our we, elders yeah. meetings, yeah. probably most vocal about like, going to get outed here. Go, go ahead and say whatever you feel comfortable saying. Go for it, Tom. Well, I, I, yeah, I, I believe that there was a certain point where our government, which is, different than any other government in the world in in the sense that we have a constitution, we have a declaration of independence that guarantees certain rights. And because we are a democracy, a representative democracy, the people in charge are really us, mm-hmm. uh, not some king, not some mm-hmm. despot. Uh, and so I, I believe it's fairly clearly delineated in our laws that there is to be a separation of church and state. And I know that often Christians use that in the opposite way, but I, I think it's a good thing. The original intent was that there would be no state religion that everybody could be forced into, mm-hmm, and you could mm-hmm. be forced to support, either financially or any other way. But there should be a separation of church and state in the sense that the government doesn't, they don't, there's no way, place for them in our system of of being doing church uh of who we are you know we we're completely separate we follow what what god has given us in his word and uh you know there's i just think that they overstep their bounds a little bit when they start telling us now i know that there there's a good arguments you know on the other side that for the safety of the entire people you know you you can't be spreading a disease and so forth and and i i understand that but i still believe it's up to the local church body to decide what to do and there were some churches that made some very bad decisions uh it's particularly in back east and down south there were some churches that just 
their entire congregation suffered because of it. Mm. But it was their choice. Uh, here in California, John MacArthur was the famous uh, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, lighthouse down there in Southern California, and uh, th- they didn't have those kinds of problems. Uh, you know, they everybody who wanted to come came, and and he's his fight was against what he considered, and and I would tend to agree with in most of those circumstances that he he delineated that the government was overreaching. Uh, so. Yeah, so so where do you you know here's that that uh, biblical principle thing uh, is is Romans thirteen a one verse that governs everything and tells us exactly what we can and can't do, or is it a principle that's to be applied uh, whenever possible? But you know we also see uh, Peter, for instance going against the governing authorities when they told him not to preach anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he said, well, we can't do that. We have to do it, you know, we have to obey God, we can, not man. Mm-hmm. So there are times when we, we need to obey God rather than man. Mm-hmm. And if mm-hmm. I can do that while obeying the government, great. But there's a hierarchy of, of authority, and I need to recognize that. And I don't go immediately to, well, whatever the government says I have to do. It doesn't matter what God says. No, it has to be the mm-hmm. other way around. Mm-hmm. I have to do what God tells me. And, of course, the, the verse that got thrown around a lot was from Hebrews, you know, don't, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. And, and it's true. I and mean, we, we really can't be church without assembling together. You, you can't be a church if you're constantly Zooming. You can sure. do that for a little while. Yep. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so, I, and, and that's kind of where um, our you know, our church came down to, right? And I know uh, we barely carried Tom along with us for this, <laughs> but basically we decided that we are going to obey God. We are going to obey Hebrews when it tells us to continue uh, to not forsake uh, the gathering together. And we just, we felt that it is not sinful for us to do that outside. And so as long as there was no interruption of us being able to gather in some way, and I think we even got to like, we'd still be okay with home churches uh, but if they said no gathering together of the church, that we would draw the line there and we would risk jail time because we're still going to gather in one way or another, right? Sure, and it goes beyond our border. I mean, there's clear um, examples of this in China, for instance, yep. where mm-hmm. they home churches are illegal, but they do it anyway. Right. So, and we believe that they're doing the right they're thing doing by the right doing thing. that. They, yeah. they're, they're practicing civil disobedience. And we are on their side with that thing. And they're doing the right thing because the Bible teaches that Christians need to continue to meet together. Jesus said it. The Bible says it. So we're going to do that. And so uh, we will submit to authority up until the point where it tells us to not obey God. And then we'll stand our ground. Um, And I think that that's a good example of when Peter's being told to stop preaching and he goes on preaching. And that's in Acts 4 and 5. And and the reason is that because we are told that Christians, we need to be preaching the good news. And so if the government says, hey, I don't want anybody talking about this Jesus guy anymore. So we will not submit to that because that would cause us to violate God's moral law and to disobey God. And we're not going to do that. So now we're getting some examples. Can I jump in real quick? Well, I guess. I'm sorry. I just, so <laughs> just we, about to wrap we, up a whole well, statement. Well, we've referenced <laughs> Romans 13 a few times without quoting it at all. Oh, let's so do can it. I just read a little bit of it? Yeah. Okay. What translation you got? I got the ESV. Perfect. So do I. Okay. So Romans 13 verse one starts with, let every person be subject to the governing authorities for there is no authority except from God. And those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed. And those who resist will incur judgment. I'll just stop there, right? It goes on. Sure. But that gets the, the gist of the passage. Right. So, and there's a lot in there. Because right. because yes. what this passage forces you to do for the majority of us is going to be change our political view, our worldview. Because my boy R.C. Sproul, I was reading him, I got in a... Got <laughs> Uncle a com- R.C.? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, was pretty, I was pretty jazzed about his new uh, his commentary I just got. But anyways, I was reading that, and he brought up that, that our nation is a democracy, the universe is a theocracy. And so, and so over the entire universe, our leader, our king is King Jesus. We all submit to that. That King Jesus says that your rulers and governors, I have allowed to be there. I would have intervened if I wanted to, if not to the point where I've placed them there. 
So then you obey them and they are responsible to King Jesus and we are responsible to them. So far or so long as they do not call us to violate God's moral law because the ultimate king is King Jesus. And so this verse, I believe, I've, I believe it says just what it says. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities. For, or because, there is no authority except from God. Because in the end, it's a theocracy. God is in charge. He is the ultimate king. And those that exist have been instituted by God. So the Bible is teaching that everybody uh, in power, whether it's Newsom, Trump, Biden, uh, whoever, in whatever country around the world, there's not a place where there's somebody in power that God does not know is in power, has left in power, or appointed to be in power. And so we submit to them. And then it goes on to say, therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur, will incur judgment. And so I think the principle here, what is being taught is that our universe, we have to change our minds and realize it's a theocracy in the end. The ultimate authority is King Jesus. It's God in charge of everything. He has set up a structure for government, for families, for churches, and he challenges us and calls us to submit to those structures that he set up. Now, absolutely, and the verse goes on in both sections, in First Peter 2 and in Romans, to talk about there's going to be sin from people and the rulers. And so I think that our questions revolve around not when it is carried out perfectly, where when these governors and rulers, their job is to stave off evil, punish evil, reward good, right? That's their, that's their purpose. When, when they don't do that, then how do we interact with them, right? Thoughts. Well, I got lots of thoughts here, but uh, the most recent one here is uh, I think it's important to recognize that simply because God has uh, authorized someone to be in power doesn't put a stamp, his stamp of approval on him. Sure. In other words, uh, you may have, for instance, you look through the Old Testament in quite a few places where he allowed evil people mm -hmm. to take over the rule of, for instance, the northern kingdom of Israel. Mm -hmm. uh, and that doesn't mean that, you know, it could, in other words, it, it could be that the reason he did that, it was was for discipline purposes rather sure, than right. blessing purposes. Yeah. Even the first king of Israel. Right. God said he didn't want Saul right. to be the king of Israel. He gave the people what they wanted. Yeah. So To teach him a lesson. Yeah. They wanted a king. That's, that's right. true. <laughs> yep. Other than God. Yep. Um, they wanted so, to be like the rest, it says, right? Yeah. They wanted to like be like the, the other rest. nations. Yeah. Sorry, Tom. Uh, right, I, but I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> oh, I so did. Wanna... So one of the things you're pointing out is that just because God has allowed that person. Right. Authorized. Um, yeah. Authorized them. Uh, doesn't mean that he's like, well, this is the best guy, so I put him there. Right. That sometimes it's for various it's, it's purposes. Just, yeah, he, he's put him there for a reason, but it may not be to bless us. <laughs> it may be to teach us something. Sure. It may be to bring us back to... Uh, you know, understanding why we strayed and got away from him in the first place. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so we have to recognize that that it's, yeah, all authority is is coming from God, and it comes through various people, but it doesn't mean that the people are good. Right. I mean, you go back to the founding of our country. It's a real sticky subject, and I, I don't know that we want to get into that today, but... So try it. Uh, here's all, well, here's all these all these people who rebelled against the yeah, government. Yeah, those were Presbyterians, I think, though. <laughs> so they they were. They're also still baptizing kids for some reason. <laughs> so they were. We they were disobeying the the principle presented in Romans 13, mm -hmm. but at the same time, they are adhering to the principle that God institutes all power. So a new government, a new authority was created, which we know is only done by God's will, right? Mm -hmm. But it was done so by a rebellion so against, what, against the Could he have allowed authority. that even in the midst of a sinful act, though, right? Right. So, I mean, I mean, so say, for the sake of argument, the vaccine um, is sinful in some way. Okay. For the sake of argument, Tom. For the sake of argument, okay. <laughs> uh, 
you know, or, you know, so, yeah, I mean, so say it, it is simple. For me, it would make it a lot easier if I, if I thought, if I was confident that somehow, in some way, the vaccine was, it'd be sinful for me to take it because then I just want to do it, right? It's easy. Right. Because I'm not, I'm not, why are you, why are you hesitating, Tom? You're with me. You well, got your gun with you. We're, no, I, I just, uh, I, you know, we've, we've crossed over from, uh, into a, a new area and that is, um, does it, does even the existing authority have, have power over my body? Yeah. Uh, you know, that's. You know, well, Nero was hanging well, you know, I would agree they Christians can, on sticks and lighting them on fire. You know, they have the authority to make me follow the speed limit. They have the authority to keep me from murdering other people. But when it comes to what I do with my own body, is that something I need to so, obey? So is that so a I've, Christian thing or is that a political thing? Well, so hold on. I've, I've heard the argument that you not getting the vaccine is putting someone else in danger. Sure. Right? And so if you were a Christian, you would love your neighbor. Right. And you would get the vaccine. I did hear Which that is too, another yeah. very big principle in scripture, right? Right. Love your neighbor as yourself. Right. Uh, we see it in the gospel over and over. Uh, it's fulfillment of all the laws and the prophets. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. So that was the other thing I was going to mention that uh, we, we, when we have to decide, am I going to obey God or man? Obviously, we want to obey God, but there's still a door open there. Can I do it in such a way that I will still love my fellow man? Uh, so let's say we have the option when we're told we can't meet together as a church. Can I find some way that we can do that without, uh, you know, by still uh, obeying the, the spirit of the law? Mm. Uh, the spirit of loving one another uh, without actually disobeying uh, the authorities. Or, or maybe I need to disobey the authority, but I can, I can ameliorate it somehow and uh, you know, make it a little bit softer mm -hmm. uh, because I do care about other people. So, so there, there were times where we didn't need to mask up outside. But we provided masks, and we encouraged people to wear masks, and we brought out our hand sanitizer. So we invested money in an area from our church that I didn't necessarily want to spend <laughs> and to do something we didn't necessarily need to do um, for the sake of, and one of the things we talked about at board meetings was the perception, the optics, the yep. community looks yep. in at us, and for the sake of people knowing that we do care about them. Um, let's move on to uh, something. I want to address this. Okay, Exodus 1, uh, midwives. Are, are told to uh, kill all the male Jewish babies. And there was um, at least one person who was not killed and instead put into some basket with tar on it and floated down a river, disobeying the governing authorities. Secondly, in Joshua chapter 2, Rahab disobeyed uh, the king of Jericho um, when they told her, um, that you need to tell us where the spies are. And she knew where they were, and she did not obey the governing authorities. And Tom brought this up in Acts chapter 4 and 5. Peter's told, you have to stop preaching the gospel. you got to stop preaching. you got to stop teaching this stuff. And he goes right back out and he keeps doing it. He did not obey the governing authorities. Daniel chapter 3, 4 through 6. This is uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, there is a, um, a golden sculpture uh, formed and that it's uh, the sound of music essentially you're supposed to bow down to this sculpture as king god lord type of thing and um, those three guys said that we can't do it this is what they said this is chapter three verse four through six and the herald proclaimed aloud you are commanded O peoples nations and languages that when you hear the sound of the horn pipe lyre trigon harp bagpipe and every kind of music you are to fall down and worship the golden image that king nebuchadnezzar has set up and whoever does not fall down and worship shall immediately be cast into the burning fiery furnace so then we talked about what first peter and Romans 13, talk about submitting to governing authorities. And then at the same time, we see these examples of when people did not submit to governing authorities and were even at times called to, and said that they were going to be blessed because of it, right? In Exodus, uh, the midwives were blessed because of it. Um, Peter was doing the right thing 
um, or Paul was doing the right thing um, in Acts chapter four and five. Peter was Peter was doing the right thing in chapter four and five. So now on the other side of the conversation, how do we deal with these passages? And this is probably more Tom's expertise here. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I, you know I, His life verses. I just point out that in Hebrews 11, we see that uh, it, talks, it doesn't talk about the midwives, but it talks about the parents. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. In other words, they weren't afraid mm. to disobey the king. Um, and it, you know, it says it's by faith. It wasn't out of um, rebellion. It wasn't out of uh, uh, you know, some preconceived notion about uh, you know, they're stepping on my, my independence. They're taking away my liberty. It's by faith. And the same thing is said about Rahab. Uh, you know, by faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she had welcomed the spies, was, was not killed with those who were disobedient. So, we, again, we get into a, a general principle of Scripture, and that is acting by faith. Mm. And if we act on faith, true faith, can that be wrong? Uh, mm-hmm. Or is it always rewarded, you know? And uh, you know, we see even, even people who were not totally following God in their everyday lives, when they did something by faith, they were rewarded for it. And A.D. Christians, um, faith, what we put our trust in, is revealed to us in Scripture, right? And so that is the ultimate source we then go to for what things to have faith in and how to exercise that faith. And so in these other instances, these people were making decisions based on faith and trust in God that what he has said and what he has brought about is his work, and we're going to defend that. Um, CJ, you want to come in on this? Yeah, so what came to my mind was James 4, 17. Um, so whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. Sin of omission? Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. So it, it goes back to like what Tom's, I think it ties in with what Tom's saying about by faith, they knew that was wrong, right? And, and here... Uh, James is saying, like, if you know what the right thing to do is and you don't do it, that's what's wrong. Right. And so if they knew that the right thing to do was not kill babies and then they still killed babies, that would be wrong. Bingo, baby. We're right. getting somewhere now. <laughs> I mean, I, mean I, I think for me, this is really, this is a very short verse, but really key in balancing yeah. out the Romans 13. And Rahab, she knows these people are carrying out God's mission and doing what God has told them to do. And evil comes along to destroy that. And Rahab is willing to risk death and imprisonment um, because she has faith in what God is doing through these people and what right. they've said. So there are times, would we, would we all agree that there are times when we will honor God by defying government? Absolutely. Yeah. But that can't be a blanket statement. That right. we because, always honor God by defying government. Because what we're boiling down to here are the things that we do because of true authentic faith and that faith comes from the word of god right. it has to be faith in the right thing right or in the right, right. in this case in the right god mm-hmm. uh, but yeah faith faith has got to trump <laughs> can't, it's gotten to where i can't Stop. use that word anymore right <laughs> i knew you'd say it one way or another <laughs> faith has got to win out over um you know any other loyalties absolutely uh, or hesitations that we might have uh, be it cultural or political or social. And Daniel, the example is very, again, it's by faith. They right. know I'm not supposed to have other any have any other gods before me. I'm not supposed to worship any other gods or tell me to worship another god. I'm not going to do it. They're like, well, you're going to the fire furnace. Well, then that's where I'll go because I'm not going to do it. I have faith in God that this is the right thing, and so then I will do it. Right thing based on what God sees as right, not what our Constitution sees as right, not what our friends sees as right, not what necessarily science you know, says is, is right. We're getting into something. Well, I don't know. I, I don't even know if I can use the word science anymore. Yeah. Uh, it's become hijacked. Somebody, you know, somebody, it's been hijacked. It's, I don't know what science is anymore. Yeah. Just like, uh, um, like your journalism, right? Right. Same journalism, thing. It's like, yeah. who, who, are there any other, are there any real journalists? I'm going to print myself alive. a journalist badge <laughs> and I'm going to go and start reporting on YouTube. We know what's weird is the statement, trust the science. Yeah. 
I trust the, science. The way that that is getting used recently is really strange sometimes. Yeah, well, I trust the, science, but not the same science they're talking about. Right. But. The way it's used recently, and not all the time, right, mm-hmm. but I have seen Thanks. it used recently, it's it's almost a religious statement. And it's almost... Oh, it is. Absolutely. It's, yeah. it's uh, bipartisan, right? It's, yeah. It's interesting. It falls into, like, science falls into these categories because both... So both legitimate studies will come from with same sample size, uh, same methods... Um, and in whatever reason, it comes to these two different conclusions, which happens in science a lot, which usually just spurs us on to more science. Um, and instead, it's it's like, well, you're demonized for taking a side in it rather than like, hey, why don't you shut your mouth to go do more science? Let's dig a little deeper and find <laughs> out you know, yeah. what the differences <laughs> yeah. are here. Yeah. And, and good conversation, you know, we've... Keep sciencing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so to start wrapping this up, what we got are we got these... Uh, the Scripture, obviously, telling us, okay, we submit to governing authorities. The reason for that is that we live in a universe that is a theocracy, and we don't believe anybody can change that, that this, this world is governed by God. Uh, we know that, not all, that all governing authorities are going to make mistakes, be sinful, and do wrong at times, even though their purpose is not to, and we continue to submit to them as, as long as we, it, they do not ask us to um, break the moral law of God or to disobey God. Right. Now, also, there's a point to be made that, ju- that what Tom was talking about, I think this is very important for those people who are yelling at the radio right now or whatever, that there are ways for us to then stand against the government that is legal and that there are ways to do that that aren't, um, what's the word? Not rambunctious. What's, Rebellious. What's more highbrow? Rebell uh, stirs up trouble. There's a, you know, there, there's a way to do that. There's a way to do that. It's not you violent. You asked me right? for a highbrow <laughs> question. <right? laughs> the idea is that there's there's legal ways, right? There there are there are ways that the government says, hey, if you disagree with this, this is how you broach this. Right. And sometimes it is lawsuits. Right. And sometimes uh, maybe there are circumstances where there are um, walks that we participate in. Well, and or, and I would argue that the. the one of the biblical precedents for that is Paul being arrested and appealing to his Roman citizenship, mm-hmm. right? He's saying, so no, wait no, no, something's going wrong. You can't treat me that way. Yeah. I'm a Roman citizen. I, I want to have my hearing in court. Yeah, sure. When I would, I would even point out, going back to the illustration of our own country's birth, they tried everything they could within the law. They sure. tried petitioning. They tried writing letters. They tried everything they could before they went to, you know, they didn't just jump into, let's have a rebellion. You <laughs> yeah. Know? And when you, I, I would challenge, when you have the rebellion, though, you better make sure it's right. Right. Because when you and do everything within the law, as soon as you're going to get in that area where like, man, I'm, I'm not going to submit to the governing authorities, you better make sure you're doing the right thing, though, in faith. Right. And I think to, to what Tom just said, that's a really good thing to remember. Because I see a lot of people in a lot of camps and churches and organizations it seemed to have this posture of almost looking for their reason to be rebellious from a religious perspective. And I don't know if it's that they just want to make their mark on history or they want to be remembered or they want to have, you know, some grand thing happen in their lifetime uh, for the kingdom. But I think it's dangerous. Like that attitude or that, sure, that, that, adi- that, that approaching posture. It. Yeah. Right. Because like what you said, they exhausted all other options. Yeah. And I've seen very few churches do that. The ones sure. that decided to be rebellious. Sure. Hey, right. not to toot our own horn, but I think that's where we're headed, right? Let's, <laughs> fine, we'll meet outside in a park. It's yep. starting to rain. Fine, we'll find a horse arena. We'll meet right. there. Hey, you have to mask up. If you, and we're going to go back inside, right? Like, well, you have to mask up if you sing. Well, we're not going to do that. So let's just stay in the horse arena and sing in here. And the horses are neighing or weighing or whatever it's called. In the back, stomping <laughs> They're around. Whinnying. They're whinnying. Is that what it's called? <laughs> yeah. Or they What's could- a... They could, nay. Be, they could is be nay something? also, but okay. you feel seldom weigh a horse, though. <laughs> I've never heard a horse. <laughs> oh, <okay. Wait> <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then we get to these examples, though, where people did, did uh, have civil disobedience. And, and in all of the cases we went through, it was because of faith and them knowing what is right and good and them sticking uh, to that. And then I just wanted to point this out. And then we're going to answer the question, should all Christians get vaccinated or not? Right. And Tom's going to answer that one. Um, <laughs> I wanted to, I wanted to, in first Timothy chapter two, one through two, it says this first of all, then I urge that 
entreaties and prayers, petitions and thanksgivings be made on behalf of all men for kings and all who are in authority so that we may lead a, lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. And there's two things that I wanted to point out. One is we say, let's pray for our leaders. Okay, absolutely. Just make sure and do it, right? Someone's yeah. like, I will pray for you. We never pray for them. I will pray for you when we never pray. For them. Oh, I'm going to pray for our leader. Oh, I don't like this candidate, but I'm going to pray for our country. I'm going to pray for the leaders. I'm going to pray for those people. And then we never do it. Actually do it, right? And so what I've changed to doing, just a little helpful hint from Pastor Brian, uh, <laughs> I, I commit to what I'll do. I say, hey, I'll pray for you today. And then I just make sure and do it right then. Because if I say, hey, man, I'll pray for you guys all week. And then I don't, that's not good. Yeah. Right. That is not good. No. Could be called sin. <laughs> okay. You knew what you should have done and you didn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, guys, I'm, I'm still here. The other thing, um, so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. I think, I think something that's happening there, and I think we have more time we could flesh it out better, but that when we get wrapped up in these things and make a bunch of noise, I think we take a focus off of the Lord sometimes. And, and even if there's a right thing to do, do the right thing. But that still, there's something about a tranquil and quiet life in godliness that draws glory to God and takes the attention off of ourself. And that is why I typically don't find myself. If, there's a, if I can vote or pick it, I'm voting. Because I think there's something about this quiet life. In First Thessalonians, it talks about it too. And I'm convinced that there's something about that. And so when we do raise our voice and we do uh, stand up, um, I think that it's going to be noted by the world, yeah. by what Christians stand up for. And it better be for the right things. So we talked about mandates. We talked about vaccines. We, and in, in light of what the Bible says, how Christians should interact with oppressive governments, with mandates, with vaccines, with healthcare. Uh, so Tom, what do we do? Um, for instance, uh, the emails we have gotten, the phone calls we've gotten, the questions we've gotten about people wanting us to uh, write exemption letters or for us to say that it is a sin to get the, uh, vaccine. So we should, we should, you know, write our letters and we should do these things. Uh, how do we navigate the vaccine world? And then CJ, I was wondering if you could talk about just the in general press of government, how should we react in kind of a summarizing fashion? So yeah. should I get vaccinated, Tom? Well, exemption letters aren't, aren't even needed, by the way. That's something that got started. There's no, no government agencies demanding exemption letters. All you have to do is tell them, I am religiously opposed yep. to this. So there's, we shouldn't be getting into writing letters. Should, should Christians get vaccinated or should people in general get vaccinated? What's the question here? So I'm almost facetiously posing to you, um, should Christians oppose a vaccine? Okay. So, right. I mean, you can answer how we'll, we'll get the idea. That's obviously part of a much larger picture long before COVID. <laughs> this was a question, right? Yeah. Uh, and I would just say from my, I'll, I guess all I can do is just speak from my point of view. Uh, if, if I can comply with an action that the government either tells me I should do or must do, and I can do it without endangering myself or others, and I can do it with, you know, by, uh, by trying to go along with this broad principle of loving my, my neighbor as myself, then I, I, would, I like to comply when I can. And if I can go back to real science, real science tells me that this COVID vaccine is safe. Yeah, I know you can always get the anecdotal information about somebody who mm -hmm. died from the vaccine. Well, I, as far as I know, there's not one person who's been proven has died from that. They're, they're always stories that you hear. My, my uncle's somebody or other, you know, mm -hmm. cousin or something. And so I, I, I believe the vaccine, I think, has been proven. It's been given to millions and millions of people. I think billions now. Billions. It's probably yeah. billions, yeah. And it's been proven... 
to not harm anybody and, in fact, help in the situation. So I don't have a problem with it. Uh, I don't have a problem with God. My problem comes with if the government demands that I show them proof that I got vaccinated. That's where I draw the line. Uh, if I want to get vaccinated, that's up to me. If I want somebody to put something into my body, that's up to me. But if, uh, if they want me to, to start carrying around some sort of ID to show that, prove that I have that, I'm not going to do that. Uh, so how does that fit in with, uh, with these principles we just talked about? Well, it, it, it fits in with, um, by understanding that there's, there are laws that are, um, and this was, you know, we should have opened this up earlier because this is a can of worms, but mm-hmm. I believe there are laws that are legitimate and those that aren't. Mm. And I believe that laws that, that uh, get into the intrusion of my body are, are they're illegitimate. So you're saying that that our government has a system by which the people are supposed to revolt when it's outside of um, what has been protected because of how we've structured our government as a democracy. Right. We're yeah. We we are in a democracy, and it's a representative democracy, but still a democracy. And so um, the even the minority has rights and so it's not it's not disobeying government in whole because that is the process by which the government has allowed us to protect against a tyrannical government yes and and i i don't think it's any different than if the government told us carte blanche you may not meet as a church you you know we're we're outlawing all churches um I would disobey that. Uh, I would, you know, maybe I wouldn't meet in this building, but I would, I would be meeting with people someplace, but I would be meeting with the church. Because superior government documentation says that's not allowed. So it's the government breaking the government, right? Right, yes. In other words, there's a higher authority that right. I answer to. And I believe that's true when it comes to vaccines. I would get a vaccine, as long as I felt comfortable with it, but I'm, I'm not going to get it. Be, you know, I don't think any government has the right to tell somebody you must get a vaccine. I think it's just plain sensible that if it's safe and it's beneficial, why wouldn't you? I, I don't understand. You know, God's made us rational people. Mm-hmm. We're able to use logic. Uh, why, you know, I, I don't understand why somebody would oppose it if the science, real science, says it's a safe vaccine. So, our, so the answer to our facetious question um, is essentially, in a, in a serious sense, that, uh, that Christians are going to differ on whether they think everybody should get a vaccine or not. That's one part of it. Secondly yes. is when the government mandates it, that um, if it's safe and fits within the highest authority of our country, we should do it in that in, in, in civil disobedience, that we are still in obedience of the highest authority of the law of the land when we don't because the law itself has overstepped its bounds. Right. And that is the process. And so that's how you would say that's not actually uh, civil dis- disobedience in the sense that was happening here, that the way a democracy works, that people say, those legislatures, those legislators overstepped there, and we're helping correct that. Yes, and gotcha. and there are you know there are obvious places in Scripture where certain things are morally right and wrong. Morally right and wrong, and and th- those are very plain. Um, we don't see anything about vaccines in Scripture. That is true. So then we're forced to just go to general principles. You know, the principle mm-hmm. of love your neighbor as yourself, for instance, or uh, obey the government, you know, and, and, which is basically when you take all those, those passages together, it's obey the government whenever you can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. It's not in every situation, but whenever you're, you can, uh, according to your faith. And so uh, 
this lost my train of thought. No, it's good. Going. That was a good spot. To, that might, might have been the Holy Spirit. Sniping <laughs> 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 that one last comment out. <laughs> All right, CJ, um, in general, how are Christians interacting with a, um, a government that is at times oppressive or at times sinful and wrong and at times right? Yeah, so let me talk for a minute about two of the more extreme reactions that I've seen. Um, so I've seen people... And, and I guess it would boil down to, like, what I've seen is, is either fight or flight. So I've seen people that want to fight, right? They're anxious for that, re- that war, that rebellion, that I'm going to stick it to the government, and I'm going to take a stand, you know, because defying tyrants is honoring to God, and mm-hmm. they use that as a blanket statement, so the fight, right? Or I've seen this other reaction where, and I think we've probably all seen this, but people leave a certain state and go to a certain state mm-hmm. because they're like, I'm going to get away from, you know, that government. I'm going to go to this government. And to me, that's a little bit of the other side, like the flight, like run away, right? And I'm not sure that either of those are generally what we're called to in Scripture. So yeah. instead of fight or flight, I would look more towards salt and light. And I didn't mean for these to rhyme. Right? Nice. But, but it's it, it, all that seminary. Shoot. <laughs> like, this is going to be a sermon later. <laughs> <laughs> so instead of the fight or flight or running to one of those reactions, I just don't think that's the call of the, of the average Christian, right? Mm-hmm. In general, most of us are going to be probably called to stay where we are to be the salt and light in our communities because there's evil and darkness everywhere and there's corrupt government everywhere to some degree. Yeah. Um, and I think that instead of trying to either strong arm a government into some type of weird Christian utopia or run away and hide in the mountains and create some type of weird Christian utopia. I think that we need to stay engaged in society um, and use the principles that Tom has already brought up where we use our channels that have been provided to us through our governmental systems and always appeal to the law of God, right? Above all else. And with those two things, do what we can in the societies that we live in. Yeah. My boys, uh, RC Sproul, we go way back. Anyways, he, uh, we're good friends. Are, yeah, are you on first initial basis? Just <laughs> yeah. call him R. I still don't R. pronounce his last name correctly. Sproul, Sproul. What am I saying? Sproul. <laughs> Whatever, dude. Jeez, this is what I gotta live with, Tom. All right, so uh, he. Oh, no, I forgot what I was gonna say. That's probably the Holy Spirit. <laughs> uh, Dead air time. Yeah. So I was, I was just saying that I'll just, maybe that will help you remember, okay. like just to restate, I don't think that we should run away and try to hibernate from society and from governments, even when we disagree with them. And I don't, I also don't think that we should be constantly trying to overthrow every government. I think that we should be the salt and the light in the world. Um, and in changing our societies by preaching the gospel, by evangelism, by discipleship through the local church. Mm-hmm. So I remember what he said. Thank you for that. Yep. That although he, Sproul really pressed into submitting to government whenever possible. And when we don't, um, it's because we have to do what is right in the sight of the Lord. That that doesn't mean that we retreat mm-hmm. from a political change. Uh, I almost said revolution, but that's going to get two people too excited. Uh, <laughs> a political change to something more in line with the kingdom of God. Yeah. And that, so we are still very much involved. And Tom has said this. He, I don't know if he said it exactly like this, but essentially he said this a long time ago. He probably didn't even think I was listening. But <laughs> that in the end, in a democracy, the people are kings, right? Like the people are the ones that are supposed to um, be shaping the government. And so we should be voting. We should be involved in those things. And our hope is that in all ways that the kingdom of God will be um on earth here as it is in heaven. Um, although I don't think so in our minds, in our American democracy, we always think that has to start up there. And I think it probably starts differently. I think it starts down here with us mm-hmm. and that more and more people dying to themselves and living for Christ and placing their faith in Jesus as King and living that way. And then eventually, um, the politics change last problem. Yeah, exactly. And so just to add on to that, Engaging with our government, like what I'm talking about, the salt and light, that doesn't, for me, that doesn't start with the presidential election. Exactly, for sure. I'm I'm talking your city, your county, get involved in those areas, right? Yeah, be a city taker. Yeah, start there. Uh, 
Yeah, what happens in politics is always going to be a result of what happens in individual lives. Yep. Yeah. I think a lot of people assume it's a trickle down from yeah. politics to society. Yeah. It's definitely it, the opposite. And we don't have to get into all where their money comes from and how they get there and all that stuff, but it <laughs> yeah. does start at the bottom and work its way up yeah. because they need votes, they need money, and they know where it comes from. So with that, we're going to wrap this up. Here's a couple things. We knew from the beginning we weren't going to say all Christians should get vaccines or all Christians shouldn't get vaccines. That was a way to get us to get in this conversation so that we can better make decisions as followers of Jesus and how we go about interacting with a government where there are going to be mandates um, and, and there's going to be freedom. And how do we interact within those constructs there? And so hopefully uh, that was helpful. We're going to get out of here. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you for joining us.